together. Brother Mays, preach to me. Can you say that? Brother Mays, preach to me. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Wow. What a tremendous presence of God is in the house. I thought as you were testifying about how good God had been to you. My little three and a half year old grandson is battling leukemia and I appreciate this church praying for him. But uh, we got a text the other night and uh, from our daughter seen it but uh, it was I think the 18th of December when we found out that he had leukemia and uh, he had been complaining about his right ankle you can be seated for a moment I'm sorry but uh, he had been complaining and, and it got to the point where uh, my daughter said I I'm going to take him and see what's going on and that's when Finally, they discovered that he had leukemia, and it had affected him, and he couldn't even walk. So from December 18th up until this last week, he'd been crawling everywhere. And uh, my daughter had said that until you see your son who's vibrant and healthy and uh, just go, 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 and into everything, and you see him lethargic and uh, couldn't do anything, couldn't even walk. She said, you'll never know what it does to you to see what God has done because he's walking for the first time since December the 18th, and I thank God for that. Our God is an awesome God. I said, he's an awesome God. Amen, amen. And uh, it is my honor, my pleasure to be here. And uh, I'm going to be here tonight, and uh, I'm looking for God to do great things. Amen, amen, great things. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn me to the second epistle of Timothy, Second Timothy, amen, chapter 1. Amen. Praise God. And let's just love God. Can we do it one more time? Can we give God thanks and glory for all he's done, all he's going to do? By faith, we love you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I praise your name. I praise your name. I praise your name. Oh, I love you, God. Oh, I love you, God. Mm, I love you, God. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. Oh, I love you, God. You're worthy. Ooh, I love you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, how many of you got your Bibles turned to 2 Timothy? 
Just go back one, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Amen. I just wanted to make sure he's all awake. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And uh, uh, I I just want to say something here. I appreciate this church binding together and praying for your pastor. And uh, he has become very close to me over the last several years. And uh, I talked to him this week. And uh, I'm praying for him. How many of y'all are praying for him? Amen. Amen. First Timothy chapter 1, verse number 12. Amen. When you have it, say read. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause, howbeit for this cause, I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which would hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Notice again on me verses 15 and 16, which again state, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them, amen, which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. It's from this entire scripture reading that I want to preach, but it's specifically from verses 15 and 16 that I want to take my text and preach for just a little while on what God has done for me. What God has done for me. And I wonder if there's anyone by my, beside myself that is thankful for what God has done for you. If you are, would you put your Bibles down? Would you lift your hands in the air? And while you're thanking God for what he's done in your life, would you also ask him to anoint me to preach and to give, amen, for him to give me the ability to preach with power and the authority, the word of God. Can we pray right now in Jesus' name? We love you. God, we magnify you. We exalt your name. God, you're here in a mighty way, and I'm asking you, God, to let this, God, go forth, your word go forth, 
forth, God, let it touch someone's heart, touch their lives. In the name of Jesus, I love you, God. I believe you for it. In Jesus' name, I believe you, God. Right now, you're going to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God, I love you today. You're mighty. You're mighty. You're wonderful. Oh, you're an awesome God. And I praise your name. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Come on, he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Woo! Come on, let's praise him for a while. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, you're great and greatly to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. My, my, my. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. It was after he had spent three years preaching and teaching at Ephesus that the Apostle Paul left the church in the capable hands of a young preacher by the name of Timothy. Timothy was a young man in his first pastorate, and he continually encountered his share of problems and challenges. Ain't that right, brother? He had to combat false teachers. He had to overcome the rise of false doctrine. There was disorder in the worship service. He had to find and train qualified church leaders. There was the sin of materialism and covetousness. And in the midst of all this, there were some in the church that thought Timothy was just too young. According to what I've been able to read and discover, Timothy was about 30 years old. And in the Roman world, a man didn't come and do his manhood, at least in their thinking, until he was 40. So here was this young, inexperienced pastor trying to deal with people who are stubborn and confrontational, uh, trying to deal with people who are disorderly in their worship, who need leadership and training. And the Apostle Paul has placed youthful Timothy over this fledgling congregation. But Timothy is having trouble, amen, with this group of people because they despised his usefulness. And the Apostle Paul admonished him. Paul exhorts him in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 through 16, to let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word and in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Amen. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy. Amen. With the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Amen. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Amen. I want you to notice he said the doctrine. There's not many doctrines. There's one doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt save both thyself and them that hear me. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, he goes on to say, 
Wherefore I put thee in remembrance uh, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Uh, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, and right before that, he reminds Timothy in verses at number, verse number five of 2 Timothy uh, that when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, uh, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois uh, and thy mother Eunice, uh, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Uh, the apostle Paul was saying, uh, I know what's in you, Timothy. Uh, I see it in you. Uh, I, it was in your grandmother and it was in your mama. I know that you were raised right. It's been put in you. So don't let anybody criticize you because of your youth and your inexperience. Can I hear an amen? amen. Then the apostle Paul admonishes and encourages young Timothy. And he goes on to tell him, if you want to talk about having a hard time, let me give you my testimony. When the Apostle Paul relates to Timothy his testimony, uh, what he's actually sharing with Timothy is that this is what God has done for me. Uh, and if God can do this in my life, uh, then surely he can and he will do it in your life as well. Uh, Ah, uh, so, amen. Whenever you tell your testimony, whenever you share your faith, always remember to tell them what you were before. I said, make sure you tell them what you were before God got a hold of you. Make sure you tell them about the muck and the mire and the sin and the iniquity that God delivered you, amen, from. You know, I look around this assembly today and I see a group of people who for the most part have repented of your sins been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins and you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're all looking pretty good. You're all dressed up fairly nice. You men are looking fairly good as far as men goes because uh, I'm not into really looking at men. Uh, you ladies have your hair fixed and you're all smelling good. Well, at least I hope you smell good because I'm not going to get too close, but amen. Hey, but you should have seen the mess that some of us were in before God got a hold of us. I said you should have seen the mess uh, that we were in before God got a hold of us. You should have seen some of us, uh, amen, somewhere about a year or two ago or even five, ten, or twenty years ago. Uh, look at where God has brought us from. Uh, it's such a mighty, mighty long way from where we used to be. Uh, so when we shout, uh, please know, uh, we know what we're shouting about. Uh, I said, please know, we know what we're shouting about. When we raise our hands, when we open our mouth and praise the King of kings and Lord of lords, and we share, amen, when we magnify the name of Jesus, please know that when we're sharing this testimony of what God has done in each and every one of us, why don't we do that right now? Why don't we give God praise? Now, all of us don't have the same testimony. 
You might not have been strung out on cocaine. You might not have been wasted on some other kind of drug. You might not have been a drunken alcoholic. You might not have ever went to prison. You might not have ever been living on the streets. But it's all of us ought to be able to testify. God didn't bring me from that, but he kept me from that. I said he didn't I said he didn't bring me from that but he he kept me from that. Uh, and if he brought you out of that, I said you ought to really thank God. I said you ought to praise and thank God. Uh, he might not have brought me from that, but I thank God he kept me from that because I could have been dead. I said, I could have been dead. I wish to God somebody would help me preach today. I said, is anybody going to help me preach? Oh, I thank God for my story. I thank God for my testimony. I thank God for all the trials that I've come through. I thank God for the hard times that I've endured because of these things. Amen. All these things together, they made me what I am today. And you ought to thank God he's made you what you are today. I, I confess I'm not what I ought to be. But I thank God I'm not what I used to be. Amen. So my testimony is that if you give me just a minute, I'll tell you that's what God has done for me. Somebody here was sick and God healed you. Oh, Brother Hall, I remember, amen, when you broke that leg. I remember, and to see you now, and to see those x-rays now, oh, thank God, amen. Somebody, I said God healed him. Uh, somebody was broke, and God paid your bills, and he put money in your pocket. Somebody here was down, but God lifted you up out of a horrible pit. He lifted you up out of the miry clay. He set your feet up on a rock. He established your goings. Somebody here was depressed, but God turned it around. Amen. I said, God turned it around. He gave you happiness. You thought you'd never smile again, but God put a new song in your mouth. Even praise unto our God. You thought you'd never stop crying, but your testimony is weeping may endure for a night, but joy, but joy, but joy, but joy. I said, joy cometh in the morning. Why don't you look at somebody beside you, behind you, or even in front of you and tell them, amen, that's what God has done for me. Uh, he's put food on my table. He put a roof over my head. He's put clothes on my back. He's put shoes on my feet. He's provided for me. Uh, I can't thank him enough. But you see, there's more to my story because the best thing that God has done for me, he cleansed my heart from sin. I said, my God, he cleansed me from sin. He's put his joy and his peace within and gave me a brand new life. He put a clapping in my hands. He put a new song in my mouth. Even praise under our God. So I, yes, I've come to praise him today. I've come to lift my hands. I've come to shout. I've come to tell my story of what God has done for me. Go ahead, somebody give God the glory.
But I've got to get back to where the Apostle Paul said what he did to Timothy from his own life. Because that's all you can testify about is what God has done in your life. What you need to talk about is what you, amen, what you've seen and heard. I've seen God open doors that were shut. I've seen God make a way where there seemed to be no way. I've been involved in circumstances that should have taken me out. But God stepped in right on time. So I know for myself that's what God has done for me. Verse number 13 of our text. Amen. The apostle Paul testifies as a sinner to Timothy. And he tells him... I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Uh, so don't ever brag on being a fool, but repent for your foolishness. Oh, I said repent for your foolishness. I said I'm going to say it again. Don't ever brag on being a fool, but repent for your foolishness. Apostle Paul said, I did what I did because I was ignorant. I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was just looking for trouble. And I received mercy because I did it in my ignorance. The apostle Paul was persecuting the church. He thought he was doing the right thing. And you can actually think you're doing the right thing, but you're doing the wrong thing. Then in verses 14 and 15, he continues, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul was saying that, it was only because of the exceeding abundant grace of Jesus Christ that this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners whom I am chief. Here is the Apostle Paul who has written at least 13 books of the New Testament, probably 14 if you were to include the book of Hebrews. And yet right here he calls himself chief of sinners. Because in verse 15 he says, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. I don't know how many of you feel like that, but I do. He says he was a transgressor. He was a wretch. He was a vile sinner. This is how he describes himself in the letter to Timothy. It's not somebody else describing the Apostle Paul. It's he himself telling Timothy, and would you let me just bring it down to where we're living right now? Some of us here today are much like the Apostle Paul. Whatever type of sin you can name, some of us did it. Well, can I hear an amen? Please understand me, I'm not bragging on it. 
In fact, I'm ashamed of it because we know it's of only God's mercy that got us into the church house today. I said, God, his mercy, he got us into the church house this morning. Some of us know, amen, that if God had not come down and filled us with the gift of the Holy Ghost, that we we would either be dead or in prison right now. I'm not here today because I'm so holy. I'm not here today because I'm so righteous. I'm here today because of the exceeding abundant grace of Jesus Christ. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm in this pulpit. The exceeding abundant grace of Jesus Christ. And when I look and see what the Apostle Paul accomplished in his life and with his ministry, I look at all the books of the Bible that he wrote. When I see the signs, the wonders, and the miracles he performed, how he evangelized all of the known world at the time, and I see all the souls that he won to God, and yet I examine my own life and what little I've accomplished, I'm ashamed. So the reason I give God so much praise because God has shown me so much mercy. And you're not ready to shout over the grace that you have received until you've wept over your guilt. I said, you're not ready to give God praise over the grace that he has bestowed upon you uh, until you have grieved and repented over your guilt. I Oh, God, and I shout because God has shown me both mercy and grace. Mercy is God keeping me from what I deserve, and grace is God giving me what I don't deserve. Oh, God, mercy is God keeping me from what I deserve, and grace is God giving me what I don't deserve. And that ought to be the testimony of every sinner that's in the house right now. I said right now, everybody ought to be on your feet Thanking God for grace and mercy. So now we have seen where the Apostle Paul testifies as a former sinner. But now he's testifying as a servant. For he says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me. For that he hath counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Notice that he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me. Because the word enabled in the Greek means God hath empowered me or God hath strengthened me. For he counted me faithful. Or you could insert the word trustworthy because that's what the word faithful means. And then he says 
putting me into the ministry. God put the apostle Paul into the ministry because he he counted Paul as trustworthy. Amen. It wasn't the desire of Paul to be placed into the ministry. And it wasn't like the apostle Paul asked God, please, please, pretty please put me into the ministry. But Paul said that God was the one who put him into the ministry because God had much bigger plans for Paul. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying? God wanted to make Paul a showpiece or a masterpiece because it is right here in verse 16 of our text where we read, how be it for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. What the apostle Paul was saying in other words was God filled me with the Holy Ghost to put me on a display or he totally changed my life to make me an exhibit for his glory. One moment I was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of Jesus Christ and persecuting the church and the next minute while on my journey I came near Damascus and suddenly there was a light shine about me from heaven and I fell to the earth and I heard a voice saying unto me Saul, Saul why persecutest thou me? Amen. When I said who art thou Lord? And the Lord said I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I want to tell someone in this place that God wants to make your life. I said God wants to make your life a pattern as an outline as a summary exposition if you will that's what can happen they said that's what can happen to a life that's placed in God's hands And I'm telling someone in this place, everywhere you go, you're going to be on display. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I said you're going to be on display. You're going to be a showpiece. You're going to be, as Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk therein. Oh, somebody praise him right now. Everywhere you go, people are watching you. Everywhere you go, people are looking at you. Especially those individuals who used to know you. God didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost on account of your own righteousness or because you were so holy. But he changed your life to put you on display, to let people know what God can do with a life that is molded and shaped in his hands. And I cannot help but wonder, there are some displays. There are some showcase individuals in this church house today who know that you are where you are and you have what you have. Not because you deserve it, but because God chose to make a display out of your life for his glory. Somebody give God the praise right now. Some of the most vilest, the most evil, the most immoral, 
the most low-down sinners become the best shouters. They become the best worshipers. And they'll become the most vocal and give God the loudest praise because they know where they were before God filled them with the Holy Ghost. And they know where God has brought them from. Man, I just want to shout right now. Would you let me call a few witnesses? Tell you what God has done for them. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 11 through 15. You can read where Jesus came to a city called Nain. There was a dead man being carried out. He was the only son of his mother who was a widow. When Jesus saw her, he had compassion on her and told her, he said, weep not. He came and he touched the bier and he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And verse 15 says, and he that was dead set up and began to speak and he delivered him to his mother. And if I were to ask that young man to come to the microphone today, I'm sure he'd tell you, I know surely I was dead. But Jesus came by and touched my casket and said, young man, I, I say unto these arise. I, I'm telling you, that's what God has done for me. I said, that's what God has done for me. And what about Lazarus in John chapter 11? Verse number 17 lets us know that when Jesus came to Bethany, he found that Lazarus had been laid in the grave four days already. And Jesus said, where have you laid him? And Jesus knew that. Amen. But he said, where have you laid him? Jesus said, take you away the stone. They rolled the stone away. And Martha said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks. For he's been dead four days. And Jesus tells her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said, now look, Lord, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Ooh, I love you, Jesus. I'm never going to die. I'm never going to die. I may go by the way of the grave, but I'm going to come up out of the grave. Woo! And if I were to give Lazarus a chance today, I'm sure he would give this testimony. I had been dead for four days and was already starting to stink. But then Jesus showed up and he cried with a loud voice and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And in the darkness of that tomb, wrapped in them grave clothes, I heard him say, Lazarus, come Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. Woo! And I I got up out of that tomb. That's what God has done for me. Then there was Jarius' daughter. Jarius came and he fell down at Jesus' feet. Besought him that he should come and heal his house, into his house, because he had a daughter who was about twelve years old, and she lay a dying. While he yet spake, there cometh one from Jairus' house, telling him, "Thy daughter is dead. Trouble you not, the master. 
Don't trouble him anymore. But Jesus told Jairus, fear not. Believe only. She shall be made whole. And I think, I'm wondering, if I was Jairus, and this man come and told me my daughter's dead, and then Jesus said, well, don't fear. Believe only. She shall be made whole. I'm wondering, if I'd look at Jesus, if I could believe that or not. But when Jesus got to Jairus' house, he found they were all weeping. They was lamenting. They was weeping and crying. Jesus told them, weep not. She's not dead. She's just asleep. She's just sleeping. And the Bible said they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. So what did Jesus do? He put them all out. He put them all out. He took her by the hand, simply said, made arise. Read it for yourself if you don't believe me. And she came alive and rose up right away. And if I were to give Jairus' daughter an opportunity to testify today, I'm sure she would say, my daddy went and found this man by the name of Jesus and he came to our house and by the time Jesus got here I had already died and they told me that everybody was crying and lamenting so Jesus told everybody to get out and they told me that he took me by the hand and just said made arise made arise and the next thing I knew was the one amen uh, the next thing I knew, uh, amen, that life came back into my body uh, and everybody was astonished with a great astonishment. Uh, and for the rest of my life, uh, I'm going to tell everybody, uh, that's what God has done for me. That's what God has done for me. Oh, Jesus. Musicians, would you please come? There's a whole lot more I could tell because I believe that there's somewhere around 37 miracles that Jesus performed in the Bible. I don't have to relate them all because I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there are some people in this church right now who you've got your own miracle. You've got your own testimony of what God has done for you. If you've got a testimony of what God has done for you, why don't you stand to your feet right now and help me tell someone, I don't know what God has done for you. I may not know what God has done for you, but let me tell you what God has done for me. Let me tell you what God has done for me. Oh, I said, let me tell you what God's done for me. You ought to tell someone that needs to hear what God has done for you. Oh, is there anybody here that feels like praising him? I said, is there anybody here that feels like praising him? Uh, is there anybody here that feels like magnifying the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Is there anybody here that knows that God has been good to you? Oh, I said, does anybody here know what God has done for you? Uh, can 
Can you lift him up? Can you praise him? Can you exalt his name? Oh, my God, my God, Brother Jared. He brought you a mighty long way. Amen. He's brought my grandson a mighty long way. And that's not all. He's going to bring some of you a mighty long way. Oh, look what the Lord has done. I said, look what the Lord has done. Oh, he healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just as 